0: Welcome back to Are Your Parents Proud of You? I am your resident uh, something or other, Griffin McCorkle, and I have been, uh, Matt, Matt has asked me to introduce the guest this week, even though he has given me uh, no notes on who the guest is or or what I should tell you about the, oh, Matt, Matt, there you are, Matt, maybe, maybe you can, maybe you can help inform the people here, because, man, I, I I don't know what I'm doing. I give you an
1: A for bravery, my friend.
0: Well, at least I get an A for something.
1: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Are Your Parents Proud of You? I am Matthew Schubert, and we're going to have Claire Taylor on the show. I met Claire along with our fellow guest, Raymond Cleveland, who was on the show in season one during our run last summer in the play Homeland 24. Raymond and I acted in it while Claire was our lovely stage manager. From there, Claire has become the new production manager for the Piven Theater in Evanston, Illinois. She is from New Jersey and went to school in Muhlenberg College. She is so talented. It's so fun to listen to. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Please note that our conversation was recorded on September 14th. So dates and subjects may have passed when this episode aired. All right, and away we go. Wahoo. Hi Claire. Hi how are you? Good thank you for doing this I'm so appreciative of this. Yeah of course. So how are you what's pandemic life like for you right now?
2: Oh man uh I am still working at Pivens part-time mm-hmm. trying to keep our classes and then I also had to take a survival job so I now work in property management.
1: Ooh! First time for everything or is, is that your first time doing property management? Yes. How's that going?
2: It's a trip. I started there as a temp and they hired me full-time and I am thankful for my health benefits.
1: Yeah. <laughs> see there's there's a joy in every job you know
2: of course of course you have to look on the bright side
1: absolutely so there's a story I, I want to tell you and it reminds me because when we we met when we did um, Homeland 24 last um, year um, I got the ca- I got casted very late in the process and during that whole process I was also working to get my bus license for this camp job I had and so to uh, get my license, I never got my license, spoiler alert, but um, in order to get it, you have to take this eight hour class. And so oh I was God. like, all right, I'll go take this eight hour class, not knowing that that night was the first week of rehearsals. And so I get this random text and an email from you. Didn't even know if you were the stage manager. I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> and i like, Matt, where are you? We started like an hour ago. Are you okay? I'm like, Oh, we! I thought we started rehearsals. Next week, I had to explain. I think that was probably the worst excuse ever for saying why you can't come to rehearsals because you're studying to become a bus driver. Uh, so my apologies for that. Uh,
2: <laughs> I accept your apology.
1: <laughs> I'm glad. Um, now, that we, now that we got that out of the way, now we can put that to bed. Um, let's talk about you. So you're, you grew up um, in New Jersey, correct? I did. Yes. So what were you like as a child?
2: Oh my god, a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> my parents will attest to it. Uh I was I was a tr- I was a troubled youth. I did not have a lot of friends. I got bullied in, in uh like pretty mercilessly all f- up until high school. Uh and so I was like not it was like not a good time. <laughs> not a good time for me. Mhm.
1: Were you like painfully shy or just awkward? Like, how would you describe yourself?
2: Kind of the opposite. So I was really, I was really outgoing and like often described as like hyperactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that I rubbed, just rubbed people the wrong way, but I was like having too much fun and <laughs> everybody else was not on my level.
1: Oh my God. And your parents, what do they do?
2: Um, we like, so we had, we had some conversations with the principal a couple of times. Uh, my, my mom actually like, fine. It was like, I want to say it it was middle school still, Mm -hmm. but this was like towards the end of like this, it was one bully specifically who was like out to get me. Um, and my mom finally gave me the advice of like, I know that you go to CCD and Jesus tells you to turn the other cheek. But if this happens again, if she does something like this again, like I give you full permission to slap this girl in the face and I will not be mad at you. You will not get in trouble. Like, this is ridiculous. You have every right to protect yourself and like assert yourself in this situation. And like, I support you a hundred percent. And I was like, mom, that's it.
1: <laughs> that's all I need is <laughs> did they do, so like in order to accomplish you know to be seen and be heard did what did you do to try to do that did you do theater did you what did you do
2: Yes. So that, like, my first foray into the theater world was definitely a, like, escape from the bullying and, like, the shitty social situation of middle school. I think it it was at my mom's suggestion, which I think she may now regret. Um, <laughs> but she's like, hey, like, why don't you try some after-school activities? And some a friend Like a friend of mine was in the school play and I like walked over there after school one day and like came into the, the, it was in the cafe, like we have one of those cafetoriums and I like came in and was like, you know, I, I don't know anybody. And like, I, I really don't know what this is all about, but I, I think this could be fun. Like, can I stay? And I got immediately welcomed in to this group of like this group of misfits, um, and, and like, people were like, oh yeah, this is great. Like more people, awesome. Like come join us, let's play. Let's um, like, let's do this, let's do that. Uh, and it was the first time that I had ever really experienced like universal acceptance where like, I didn't have to prove myself as a human. People were just like, oh, you're here and you're interested in doing this thing with us. Great, like come, let's do it.
1: Do you remember that first show?
2: Yes. Uh, it was the nifty fifties there. I, I have no clue. I, I've never run into it again. Um, I worked on the crew for that show. Cause like, I didn't, I didn't join early enough to like audition and be in the show. Um, so I ended up doing some like backstage help out and like house management things that they let middle schoolers do. Um, And it was a show all set in like a 50s style diner. And there was a whole, they did the whole song about the blob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Poodle skirts, the whole nine yards. And the next show was called Tied to the Traps. And it's like, an it's, they're, they're, I think they're written for middle schools. Uh, And it's a, they're both musicals. And in the second time when I actually got to audition, I played one of the like medicine show troupe girls. And so we sang this little song selling snake oil for the snake oil salesman. <laughs> I have some quality photos of me in some very strange costumes from this show.
1: (laughs) That's amazing. I kind of want to compare our middle school experience because my when I did theater, my first show was also in the crew when I did a crew for uh, Wizard of Oz. So when Mm -hmm. we did it, we did our technical crew was painting blocks. For that show <laughs> uh, and we didn't do any house, I mean, I think we made a few calls for sponsors, um uh, but it was just most of the time painting blocks. What did middle school tech consist of for you?
2: um I don't really remember the nifty fifties and what tech like what tech was for that, but so then it was nifty fifties and it was tied to the tracks, and then the year after that, they did into the woods
1: oh there you and go and
2: I. Yeah, right. Into the Woods Jr., of course, like, not the scary, sad second act, only the happy first act, and uh we had a cut we had a cut policy in middle school so I auditioned for the musical and I didn't get in (laughs) oh no (laughs) which was was really heartbreaking because like it was the first it it was like the place that I found my like home in and so this was my first experience with rejection in middle school um (laughs) so I joined the I joined the crew again because like I still wanted to be with my friends I still wanted to have a good time and for that show we did we had the like the chicken at one point. We stuck it on a, a an RC car, and so I got to drive the RC car around to make the chicken go around the go. stage. And then I also remember I got to make the beanstalk grow. So we had like a, a little. A little beanstalk that went all the way up to the top of our little cafeteria and you had it had a like a little hook in the top and you just pulled on the rope and made it come up and then <laughs> I got to drop the beanstalk later on too uh, which was really fun <laughs>
1: what? see I got fired from pulling the curtain down. <laughs> I I was I will say I was a very lanky kid I still am but like, even when I was 11 or 12 I, I got fired From trying to pull the curtain because I was too slow, they said. So they had to get this bigger kid, like an eighth grader, who I think does wrestling for a living now. Uh, And so he did it. And I was told to just watch for the rest of the show, (laughs) which is fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, There's
2: something there's something about that, like, the, like curtains and like flying stuff in and out, like, especially once you get to professional theater that like they require you to move things at a speed that feels that if you've never done it before, the first time feels horrifying, because a lot of times you've got like, uh, like, sometimes you can have like 200 pounds of set on a line and you need to make it fly out as fast as physically possible and like or fly in as fast as physically possible and not crash through the floor of the stage uh and like I remember my first time running an actual fly line horrified absolutely horrified my stage manager's on the headset and like Claire you have to it has to move faster and I was like I don't think I can do it (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I can make it go any faster.
1: <laughs> and lo and behold, here you are now telling people to do the, the damn job.
2: <laughs> you can make it go faster if you believe in yourself. There
1: you go. Did, was that the beginning for you to become a stage manager? This, I mean, I'm a, in high school, did you ever do that?
2: No, so actually that's something that's like that's something that's super important to me now as a theater professional. Um I've gotten a lo- I've gotten really involved in educational theater. Mm-hmm. Um because of this and it's because I had no idea that stage management existed until I got to college. Um like even as a crew member in middle school there was still like even though I do have fond positive memories of it there's still this stigma in like there was at least in my middle school and in my high school that, you know, you people look down on the stage crew. In high school, the person who was our stage manager was like a glorified person to tell everybody to shut up backstage. Like they, they didn't have the responsibilities or um, yeah, they didn't have the responsibilities that a stage manager really has in a professional setting. And so I didn't, I didn't have a positive view of what it, what it actually means to be a technical theater professional. I was like, Oh yeah. Stage manager. Like I, I don't want to get yelled at all the time. I don't want to be the person like nobody liked her. Nobody liked her because she yelled at us all the time backstage because that was her job. And like that, that has like that has bothered me for so long because once I got to college and I I auditioned, didn't get in. Muhlenberg is notorious for being a very competitive school, um, which is why I wanted to go. Um, and so I didn't get into shows my first semester, but I still wanted to do theater. And so I put in an application to stage manage and I'm a freshman with zero experience. And someone was like, yeah, like come work on my black box show with me. And I was like, oh, uh. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) I didn't think anyone would say yes. And so I met with one of the upperclassmen who's on the like board for the theater department and was like, Hey, I am lost. Like I have some, I have a very brief, I have like this tiny, tiny, tiny amount of knowledge and I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, it's fine. Like I'll help you. I'll coach you through it. I'll send you some of my paperwork and like, you'll do great. And I had such, it was such a supportive environment. And I, through that process, was like, holy shit, this is awesome. This is, this hits all of my skills. It doesn't require me to go on stage, which for me was like horribly anxiety inducing. And I hadn't yet figured out how to manage my anxiety. And so it gave me, it like opened up this whole door of like, yeah, you can participate in theater you can be a theater artist and you don't have to act and sing and dance uh and it it just it changed my whole life i was like i can't believe that i've been missing out on this really cool awesome job for my whole life and had no idea that it existed until college um and so it's super important for me with the educational theater that i do that like opening up the avenues to teach high school and middle school students that like crew or technical theater, like design, it's all an option. It, mm-hmm. there, you, there are so many different ways to be involved in theater, even the business side, even, even for like donors and like getting grants and stuff like that. There's so many ways that you can involve yourself in the arts. And like, we need to, we need to be teaching kids about
1: that stuff. Right, right on you know do you think like stage management and technical theater get looked down upon or looked past upon because it's so much about the actors what do you think is something people always forget about stage managers
2: um I don't, yeah, I don't know that we, I don't know that, like, stage managers and technical theater people get looked down upon, but I think that we get, I think that we get forgotten a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the one thing that people don't know about stage managers is that, like, your stage manager is an artist, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the best stage managers are artists. They, because it takes, it takes an artistic eye to be able to maintain the integrity of a show throughout a run. Um, There's something about like, especially here in Chicago when you're doing um, like smaller theater where the stage manager is oftentimes running the light and soundboard, like even then, or like, even when you're calling a show, there's, there's an artistry to understanding the movement and the beats and seeing how an actor is reacting to the moment that they're in. And like, yeah, maybe they want to hold here for a couple seconds longer. And like, it's part of the stage manager's job to be in that and to feel the to feel the flow of the performance. And I think that like sometimes we can really easily forget because they're covered and they're surrounded by all this technical stuff. That, like, your stage manager is there in the moment experiencing the art with you and supporting the production, not necessarily just hitting the button and making stuff go.
1: Right. You're not just hitting the button and then raking in all the cash, right?
2: (laughs) Oh, yes. All that sweet, sweet cash. Yes.
1: (laughs) The sweet cash, (laughs) lighting up the cigarettes. All right, kids. (laughs) Go have your fun. (laughs) Um, But you didn't. So you before you came to Chicago, you were part of a touring Shakespeare company, correct?
2: Yes, and then I did again after uh after a couple of years because I'm addicted um,
1: <laughs> what was I, that like, and how did you even get it?
2: Oh my god, okay, so the first my first opportunity to tour with a Shakespeare company came through it like it's a it's crazy I think all every theater job- almost every theater job I've gotten I've gotten because. I've known somebody or a connection or someone has put in a good word for me. Like we know that that's kind of how the theater world works. Right. And I was in an internship in Maine worked with a director happened to mention to my stage manager while the director was there that I had, like, is it okay if I step out to do this interview, um, for a follow-up internship after this one is over? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. And the director's like, hey, you know, where are you, where are you applying? And I was like, oh, the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey. And he's like, oh, I work there all the time. Let me put in a, let, like, let me, let's, let me contact Steve and let him know. And he reached out. I did the interview less than twenty-four hours later. They were offering me the stage management internship, and from that internship, I went on to ASM for them. And then from that assistant stage management position, they offered me the touring position. Um, And I, it's to this date, it is the most fulfilling and exciting and wonderful theatrical experience of my life. I like (laughs) we did. Sometimes seven shows a week. Sometimes three shows a day. Sometimes we left at four thirty in the morning to drive mm. to Newark, and we would load our set up four flights of stairs because, for some reason, in Newark, New Jersey, they like to put the gymnasium on the fourth floor. And for the life of me, I don't understand why.
1: Well, of course, you have to. Uh,
2: but I, yeah, I, it, it, something. It fell. It almost fell into my lap. Um, because I had managed to get into the stage management internship and I met the right people and I worked hard and I like proved to them that I was ready. And they're like, take this, this is the, that's kind of for them. It's their like intro to stage manager here at STNJ. Um, and that touring position is what eventually led to me being the assistant production manager there
1: for a little while. Wow. Wow. How many, so did you travel around the whole country or how many states did you visit?
2: So with the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey, we did New New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. And then we did a weekend where we drove to Maine. Oh. Um, And by Maine, I mean like all the way North in Maine. So we were in Presque Isle and then we went further North. I'm trying to remember the name of the city, but it's escaping me right now. Um, but so much so that we stayed, they had a stay overnight at the Northern Door Inn,
1: uh-huh. where when
2: you walked out the front door of the motel, you were staring at the border crossing to Canada. Oh. Like spitting distance to Canada. Like I could have walked, if I if I had remembered my passport, could have walked into Canada. Uh, and we drove there with, so we traveled around in a in a it was a fifteen passenger van um, with the whole company. There were twelve actors or ten actors plus me, so there were eleven of us. Um, and then we had a twelve foot trailer attached to the van that had our sets and our costumes. Um, and we did two shows in rep, so we were doing uh, *Midsummer Night's Dream* and *Julius Caesar*. And the casts there were eight in each show and two of the actors were, there were like two sets of swings for each show. Um, So conceivably, if all 11 of us went out on the road with our trailer, like some days we would go, we'd set up in one place, we'd do Midsummer, then we'd strike Midsummer, put it back in the trailer, drive somewhere else, put up Julius Caesar, do Julius Caesar, pack it up, and we'd be home before four. What?
1: (laughs) How long did you do this for?
2: Uh, the, the STNJ chore was about six months long, including the rehearsal process.
1: Good Lord. Yeah. Would you call that like the most rewarding experience of your life?
2: Yes. So rewarding, in fact, that, uh, I then just this past fall, so a, a year ago this fall, Um, I signed on to the Pennsylvania Shakespeare Festival tour. Um, That's a little smaller. They only tour for three I think the whole process is three months including rehearsals but we did Mackers um, and so we only did the one show but that's a similar thing. They were in they toured to mostly Pennsylvania Um, I think we went to Delaware once maybe Um, but yeah it was like one of those things where I loved it so much I did it again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And during all of this, like, how did your parents feel when you said, I'm going to be kind of gone for six months traveling across the sta- the country?
2: Yeah. Well, so my, my parents lucked out when I worked at the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey, because it is 20 minutes away from where I grew up. God damn it. Um, so, right. So they, they lucked out in the, in the sense that like, I did stay in company housing. So I was like, I was gone a lot of the time, but on the weekends, um, which is also great about school tours, you get the weekends off, um, because there's no school on the weekends, so there's nowhere to go. (laughs) Uh, But we, I could go visit them, Uh, I could go visit them on the weekends, like the big, the big thing for them came when I told them I was moving to Chicago, and my mom was like, why?
1: (laughs) And your answer?
2: (laughs) Uh well, so I I had my time had come to an end at the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey. Um, I was not happy in the position that I was in. I wasn't happy with a lot of like it. I just I had I wasn't feeling so great um in that job anymore. And I really wanted to get back into stage management. And I did not want to go to New York. Um I grew up in New Jersey. New York was 45 minutes away. It was my backyard. It's, it was something that I had always like everybody tells you or anytime anybody talks to you, they're like, Oh, you're going into theater. Like, Oh, you're going to make it big on Broadway. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, no, I, maybe, maybe someday, but like, I don't really want to, I want to try something new. I want to, I want to see a new place. I want to experience a new thing. Um, And so my partner at the time and I were both feeling that, like, I'm unsettled here in this place. I'm not happy with my job. I want something more. I want to explore and, like, go on an adventure. And so the two of us listed, like, what are places that you'd want to live? And Chicago was at the top of both of our lists. And so we were like, all right, let's do it. Like, it's a big theater city. There's so much going on. Like, besides the fact that there are a ton of equity theaters here, there's so much non-equity work, all the storefront theaters. There's, like, like, it's impossible to not find something to do here in theater because it's so so, um, prolific. And that was something that attracted me here rather than New York, is that, like, the theater scene in Chicago is unique. Um, and I wanted to experience what that uniqueness was like. I wanted to experience storefront theater. I wanted to see what it would be, see what that experience could give me as a, as a stage manager, what I could learn.
1: How much, um, New York theater did you see up until then?
2: Um, most of it had been, a lot of it had been Broadway stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I got the, another plus about going to Muhlenberg was I was in Pennsylvania. So although we were far from the city, we were still close enough that they would arrange trips for us every year. So I got to see some other kind of like off Broadway shows that were selected by our theater faculty. Um, one of the performances, I cannot remember the name of the show. Uh, but while we were there, Alan Rickman was also attending the performance, Ooh. and I was like I walked right by him like three feet away and like couldn 't say anything because I was too embarrassed <laughs> i regret it I regret it to this day that i didn 't say something to him but um so it like a lot of but a lot of it was broadway based like i didn't i didn 't have a lot of friends who were in the theater at in like in the theater scene in new york um I did I did see a couple of like Shakespeare in the park kind of situations like the public but also like small smaller Shakespeare in the park things um and then inevitably like eventually did get to do my own Shakespeare in the park performance as a stage manager which like filled that like happy little space in my heart from when I was like 10 or 12 and walking through Central Park you see people rehearsing Shakespeare and it's like when you're 12, it's, it's like the most magical experience. And I was like, I get to do this now. <laughs> I get to make these experiences for people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, I, I um, asked that because we had David Cromer, who's this Broadway winning director who um, come to Columbia last year. And mm-hmm. someone asked like, can he compare the difference of New York theater and Chicago theater? And he said something like, you know, in New York people just say fuck you to you a lot easier. Than, than people in Chicago, so I, I was kind of yes. curious. Can you kind of compare the two the, the uh, two theater scenes? Yeah,
2: there's something about Chicago and its Midwest charm that like that New York doesn't have. New York has these like hard like hard edges, which are like exciting and it's fast paced and. You know, you're, you feel, you can kind of feel the anxiety like rising in you in this like very exciting way where you're like, everything is the end all and be all of my experience, um, which is great, but there's something about Chicago where it has this, like I said, it has this Midwest charm where there's a lot of, it's it's just a little bit more laid back and people are a little bit more. Uh, they're a little bit more chill the deadlines aren't as harsh Um, you know it's a little the the edges are a little rounded it's a little bit softer um, which I like a lot.
1: I mean come on we're it's our charm that we have here.
2: Yes that's exactly it it is a it is a Midwest charm. (laughs)
1: That's funny. I don't remember, I I don't recall ever being told that like, wow, Illinois has this great charm or theater (laughs) in Chicago has this great charm about it. I've been studying like Steppenwolf and like other theater and like it's like rock and roll theater. So never knew we had this charm about us. I like that. Yeah,
2: I think, I think it's more, you see a lot of it more in the storefront theater than you might at the, like the Goodman or Chicago Shakes, like, which do really function the same way that a lot of big New York theaters function. But it's, it's something about storefront theater where, you know, it's a party almost a lot of times. Like, yeah, we're here, we're making art, and we we want the art to be as good as possible. But I've been in a lot of situations where we're in the tech process, and it's more of an exciting adventure than it is a serious, like, let's get get shit done immediately. Everybody's kind of in it for the, they're in it for the experience, um, which is really, which is, which is really refreshing.
1: I like that. Um, If you were to describe storefront theater to people how how would you describe it
2: oh man uh it is a it is a whirlwind adventure with uh no safety no guardrails <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no safety net and you're out there and you're flying by the seat of your pants
1: oh i love that answer <laughs> Man, do what was your let's yeah, because storefront is not, it's it's very small houses. Let's, mm-hmm. it's very 25, 50, maybe even 10. Um, I did a show once, yeah, at, at Three Brothers Theater in Waukegan. First of all, Waukegan, that they have a theater company if you've ever been there. Um, mm-hmm. And we did a Saturday matinee and maybe about 10 minutes before we, we went on, the stage manager was like 10 in the house. And I'm like, oh, how we're looking with the uh, audience. And he goes, two people. I'm like, Oh, great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, for homeland we we did a show for eight people once i'm pretty we positive did. there were like six to eight people in the audience and like we needed the pra- we needed the practice mm-hmm. like you know we needed we needed the quote unquote rehearsal we needed the right. time to work out some kinks and like yeah we did a show for eight people and like it's a test it's a real test of your your professionalism and your integrity, that that those eight people, even if there's only eight people, even if there's two people, those two people deserve your 110%. They deserve the show that you would give to a sold out audience. And like, yes, there's some energy that you're missing that like actors and stage managers even feed off of from the audience, but still like, you have like you're put in that crazy position it's it's similar to touring especially Mm -hmm. on educational tours where like you get into a place where kids are screaming and they're not paying attention but you're not doing it for all every single one of those kids you're doing it for the one kid in the audience who is you Mm -hmm. you're doing it for that kid who you remember when you were in middle school or high school and some touring company came to your school and like, they blew your mind. I have, I have those experiences. I, Shakespeare live went to my elementary school. I went to my elementary school with my Shakespeare live company and performed for my elementary school. And so it was this like very full circle experience that I was un- that really helps you understand that theater is always for that one person who is who is getting that getting that exciting, wonderful experience that is going to change their life.
1: When you went back to your old elementary school, um, and you said I completed the full circle, and and you, I remember you saying in the beginning you were a very outgoing but very awkward kid. Um, and I completed the full circle. What was that feeling and emotion like? Does it was it even more awkward than you thought it was going to be, or was was there this real sense of pleasure of coming back and proving to the school, "Hey, my behavior, my personality, look where it got me."
2: Yeah, I think yes. I the second part of that, I agree with a hundred percent. It was a it was really reaffirming for me that you know we we tell kids we especially with kids. I love children. I, I, I am so into theater education. It's not even funny. And it's because a lot of the times we tell kids that their emotions are too much, or we tell kids that like, you know, oh, well, it's really not that bad. And it's like, look, to that fifth grader, whatever experience they're going through, that is the worst thing that's ever happened to them. And like, they they should be allowed to feel that to the full extent of their emotions. And something like Shakespeare really allows students to figure some of those things out. Like, Midsummer Night's Dream is a fantastic show for young people because it's about young people. It's about love. It's about like missed romance. And this, like, you know, you have them, you have these teenagers basically going at each other and you're performing it for 16 year olds who they, they feel that they do feel like love is a battlefield. Um, and so it's, it's nice to be able to speak to them on that level and say like yes like the emotions that you're experiencing and the the roller coaster that you're on it's real it's valid like human beings experience a full range of emotions and like it's okay you you can be really really angry about it, and we can talk about that. And why does that make you angry? And like, let's go, let's let's run with it. Let's see let's see where we can take that. Um, a lot of the both of the tours do workshops with the students too, and so we give them an opportunity to like speak the speech. And it's always really exciting to see that over the course of forty five minutes. Some students, some students you'll never get to. And like, maybe it's not their time. You know, maybe they woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day. And like, that's fine. You don't have to check in. I'm, I'm just here for 45 minutes and that's it. Uh, your teacher has to deal with you later. That's not my problem. But there are some students who you'll watch really go on a journey with you. And they're ready to play. And like, especially middle school students, they haven't gotten the inhibitions that high school students have. And they'll go. And they'll just do it, and they'll bring you Lady M like you've never seen Lady M before, and it's so—it's such a satisfying experience because you get to you get to watch them be free. Like theater is an is an act of freedom and freeing yourself from whatever it is that you live in in the regular life. You get to go into the theater world, and you can be whoever you want to be.
1: Ooh, I love that. Um, when you did. Talk, let's talk about more about like theater education. That's something I'm really interested in um, as I finished college. Um, did, did, when did not you start doing theater education or like what really brought you to wanting to do it?
2: Yeah, it was the tour. The tour yeah. was the first time I ever worked with, the tour was the first time I ever worked with students. And like it, it, there are some days we we did, what the the thing that really sticks out to me is we did Julius Caesar for fourth graders. I don't know who booked, I don't I don't know who booked it. I, I I don't I don't know how it happened, but somehow we were in this school in Newark. I remember it was one of those situations where the gym was on the fourth freaking floor. Absolutely nuts. And but there was something we got to the end of the show and we did a talk back and we asked this the kids if they had any questions. And one was like why did Cassius kill himself? And we're like sitting here, like, how the fuck do we talk to a fourth grader about suicide? Yeah. And so the actor playing Cassius had a, a wonderful response and he turned it back to the student and he said, well, why do you think that he killed himself? And the student kind of sat with it for a second and then said, I, I don't think that he, I, I don't think that he could do it anymore. And we were like, do what anymore? And he's like, I I don't think, I don't think that he could, I I think he was really angry with himself. And we were like, oh my God. (laughs) Wow. Like, and so we were having this like, and the teachers didn't say anything. Like we just let it happen. And it was like, I think he's really angry with himself. And and so we're like, well, why, like, why do you think that someone would, you know, why do you think that someone would do something like that? And it's like, well, he just couldn't do it anymore. And um, he gave up. And we're like, yeah, he did. He did give up. Um, and like, that's like, that's the story. That's what Cassius is a- it was about at that time for that kid. And it was the, it, he was calm and collected and the rest of the talk back went great. And we were talking about like, you know, like, well, why do we think that Caesar, why was Caesar a bad person? It's like, well, he, you know, he, he was mean and he didn't, he was not, he wasn't nice to people. And we're like, yeah, like he wasn't nice. To, like, it was just this very, it was just this, this bonkers experience where we were talking about really heavy topics with fourth graders and they were soaking it in. they were in it and it was amazing that you know a lot of times even high school students have trouble understanding Shakespeare and here were fourth graders mm-hmm. and they were they were in it a hundred percent and it it opened my mind up to the fact that like, these things are stuff like theater and stuff like Shakespeare, especially is, is not, it, it isn't this big, scary thing that a lot of times high school teachers make it out to be like, it is an experience, it is meant to be read aloud, it's meant to be listened to, mm-hmm. um, and even fourth graders, even fourth graders can understand Shakespeare.
1: Um, I have, I have a stage manager question for you. Yeah. Who's more difficult to work with, actors or customers at the Twisted Hippo?
2: <laughs> um, you know, like it, it applies to customer service and to and to stage management. Right. If you're nice to me, I'll do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Anything, like I have had I have had actors who need me. To literally hand them things off of the prop shelf, like rather than them, like they, like in a situation where an actor has enough time that they could conceivably do a quick change and pick up their props by themselves. I have been there I've, to facilitate their quick change and also to hand them their props and like, I'll, I'll do whatever you want as long as you're nice to me, as long as you are kind and you're courteous, anything. Anything in the world, and it's this. I think it's a similar. It's the same thing with customer service. Like even a difficult customer, as long as you are nice about it, you can complain all you want. You can ask for. You can send a dish back. We can make it for you three times. As long as you're nice about it, I could care less. I'll do whatever you want.
1: (laughs) And then my other question is: um, When you finish college, do you feel like you made it? When you made the alumni list, proving the people that you can get a career in the arts? <laughs>
2: so I, man, like I had multiple people in high school, especially tell me that I, you know, tell me in one way or another that, uh, that I couldn't do this. Um, I had specifically a theater teacher who like was so awful like and that's the worst experience for a student it's like when your teacher when your teacher is the bully that's like (sighs) it's not something it's not a situation that anyone should ever experience and so like I I did feel it a little bit when I graduated college and like started on my first job that I was like like you know screw you I can do this and like yeah I had that that uh kind of naive dream of like one day i will accept a tony and i will tell so and so to go f themselves and that will be my end all and be all of the experience and what i learned having gone through the like Gone, gone through the professional experience of, of working in a professional theater and moving to Chicago and starting from scratch again, basically, um, is that success is entirely defined by yourself. And I didn't, I didn't really feel that feeling of screw you, I'm amazing and I can do whatever I want until I felt that for myself as myself. Um, there was no amount, there was no job that I could get. There was no amount of money that anyone would pay me that would convince me until I a hundred percent believed myself that I had done the thing and that I felt comfortable calling myself a professional.
1: That's great. Um, uh, my last question for you is, um, now that you are the production manager at Piven, um, what's it like now? What are you guys doing? And, um, how's it feel to be the new manager of it?
2: Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Um, like I, I remember I, I had just moved here, and I sat down with the previous production manager Nikolai to uh, interview as a stage manager, and our interview went great. And we, like, we met at a coffee shop, and our interview went great. And after the interview was done, Nikolai was like, "Well, the interview's over, but do you want to stay and chat?" <laughs> And I was like, yes. And so we ended up talking for another hour and a half about theater and about our like hopes and dreams. And uh, it started a relationship with Piven that got me to this position. And so I feel very much like this position was like lovingly handed down to me from Nikolai. Um, And so I take, (laughs) I take very much responsibility in like maintaining the, you know, filling his shoes as best I can, I, I guess. And. Right now, we have a full array of virtual classes available, um, including an adult D and D class. So there's a like a youth D and D class, and then we have an adult D and D class with Beck McNamara. Um, it I I cannot remember the days that it meets right now, which is bad, but. Um, They, like, in addition to that class, we have other adult classes, too, and so I, at the moment, am kind of responsible for some Zoom scheduling um, and technical support in that way, Uh, and we're hoping to have our educational classes do, like, be virtual and then have virtual performances, so I'm in the process of figuring out the best way for us to do live virtual performances with our students and like continue to give them the most professional experience possible.
1: Yeah. Do you, um, pop in on the classes? Do you see any of the classes that's going on?
2: I occasionally, um, I check in with some of the, I've checked in with some of the teachers sometimes when they have issues, but most of the time the teacher's like, they they take the Zoom class and they run with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was more I was much more involved in our youth capstone, which should ha- which would have been a fully staged production of Elizabeth Swados's Runaways in May, um, but that because of the pandemic turned into the Resilience Project, um, which was a really awesome experience where we had the kids devise their own show. Um, And filmed it entirely in zoom and have like a 50 minute long um, project that these kids created about the pandemic. Um, It is a really fantastic time capsule because so much change with the murder of George Floyd, like right when we finished the production of it and we were like, wow, (laughs) we're in an entirely new world. And so, looking back on the project, it is it is very much a time capsule of like the beginning of pandemic times. And so, there's still that like twinge of hope that that this is going to end in three months. And little did we know. Um, and that for that, I was a little bit more involved in being able to sit in on some of the classes with the kids. Um, but for the most part, I'm here invisibly as technical support.
1: That's great. I, did, I know I did say I have one more question, but I, now I have one more question, um, <laughs> which I apologize. I'm, I'm just enjoying this too much. Um, so if you had to get any advice, let's say you meet a young high schooler, middle schooler who wants to stage manage, um, what would you tell them?
2: Oh man. So I actually had this experience. Okay. <laughs> excitingly enough, right? <laughs> uh during the Pennsylvania tour, um I did get to meet a young stage manager who like uh very like nervously came up to to talk to me about, you know, what stage management is like. And in in the end my like my like one nugget, if I had to pick one like good nugget of advice mm-hmm. is that It's man, it, it, you're not anybody's mom. You are not anybody's mom. Um, but there is a caretaking energy to stage management and you, you want to, you want to be there to support your cast a hundred percent, um, no matter what it is the best experience that you're gonna have is if everybody feels taken care of. Um, And that's what you, the stage manager is there for. Between life and death is the stage manager.
1: Well, speaking of between life and death, it's time for a game. Um, Great segue. Yay. Yeah. I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, so this game is called (laughs) Time for Two. Uh, Two minutes on the clock. Series of random icebreaker questions. No right, no wrong. We just wanna see your opinion. (laughs) okay are you ready i'm ready all right here we go in four three two one go are you smarter than a fifth grader
2: no probably not
1: tv show you are binging right now
2: grace anatomy
1: (laughs) oh you my mom would be best friends um (laughs) i say that with love i love my mom are you good at cooking yes Left Twix or right Twix?
2: Ooh, left Twix.
1: Do you play video games? I do. Is the floor lava?
2: It is right now.
1: Okay, great. Uh Ron Burgundy or Ron Swanson?
2: Ooh, Ron Swanson.
1: Uh Michael Scott or Leslie Nope.
2: Leslie Nope. <laughs> <Duh>.
1: <laughs> uh Favorite Celebrity Chris
2: oh my god what who even
1: pine they're
2: all gone all the Chris's are gone
1: uh podcast recommendation besides this one
2: uh affirmative murder
1: there we go uh bob the tomato or larry the cucumber
2: larry the cucumber
1: <laughs> favorite beetle
2: oh my god i don't have a favorite beetle <gasps>
1: how do you? all the out? beetles oh that's a good answer how do you pronounce the band ABBA? ABBA or ABBA? ABBA, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, that's why it's a question. <laughs> uh, what is your zombie apocalypse weapon? A machete. If you moved to Sesame Street, who would you want as your neighbor?
2: Oh, what's his, fa- what's, um um? oh, who is it in the trash can? What's his Oscar? name? Oscar? Oscar, yeah, Oscar the Grouch
1: um who what role would you play on Star Trek
2: oh shoot shoot god all of them um Catherine Janeway or Data all of them all of the above
1: there we go that's how we play (laughs) I forgot that you like Star Trek I was like oh crap I gotta I gotta throw that in
2: my God, I was I was I was actually just watching Star Trek Voyager before we like I had paused the episode to come here to get on the Zoom call with you.
1: <laughs> hey, I, I I appreciate I know how important Star Trek is. I, I, I am so appreciative that we took some time. <laughs> Claire, before we go, my last, 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 last question to you um, is, are your parents proud of you?
2: Yo, see. This is a, this is a, this is a deep question. Uh, This is a deep question. And do you, do you, do we have time for me to get
1: into it? As Much time as you want.
2: (laughs) Because yes, like, I think, I think my parents are proud of me. I think that they, I think that they would like to think that they're proud of me. Um, But like, I only, I only just came out to my parents in January, February ish. Um, and I haven't seen them since then. Uh, and it's like been a, you know, they're not, they're not like, they, they're accepting and they still love me, but do they really understand what it is to be queer? I don't think so. Um, and so I think like, you know, generically, yes, I think my parents are proud of me. Like, do, have I fulfilled every you know, have I ticked every box? No. Have I ticked any of the boxes? Probably not. Um, you know, (laughs) in, in the list of things that my parents I think hoped that I would be the person that I've become is not any of those things. Um, and we're getting to that point in my life where like they're really trying to figure out how to have a relationship with me because I am not what they expected. Um, And I think that's difficult. I think it puts a lot of, I think it puts a lot of unnecessary pressure on our relationship. And I think it puts unnecessary pressure on the question of like, whether or not they're proud of me. Um, Because like I said, I think that they are, I think that they want to be, I think that in, in their, you know, in their good intentions, they are, Um, but do they have, we, I don't think that we've reached mutual understanding yet. That like, this is this is who I am. This is the person that I've become. And like, theater is important to me. And no, I'm not leaving the profession just because the coronavirus has destroyed all theatrical prospects. Does not mean that I will never go back <laughs> or continue to pursue theater. <laughs> um, and I think sometimes they they still live in this land of like, well maybe it'll maybe it'll stop maybe it'll end one day maybe it'll maybe things will change um and I like to think that they won't
1: (laughs) but who knows right Well the, as long as you like yourself, then that's yes, all that matters. And
2: yes, that's the most that's the most important thing. And like, you know, if you want to do more in-depth work on your relationship with your parents because you're also in the same boat as me, where you're maybe not entirely sure how proud of you your parents really are, therapy is fantastic. <laughs> ten out of ten. Ten
1: out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> 10.
2: Dive into yourself, dive into those relationships. Discover who you really are.
1: Right. And just get a cardigan and a cup of tea and a rainy afternoon. You'd be all good, right?
2: Yes. percent. Yes.
1: That's, that's how I would do therapy. Um, <laughs> Claire, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I'm so appreciative. Hey, Griffin. Yeah. Do I know how creative the Piven Theater is? Please tell me in great detail. Well, here are the titles of the classes that are being taught right now. Dungeons- right now, this very instant? Perfect. How about Dungeons and Dragons? Yes, please. <laughs> the good humor class. Cream uh, of course. Improv, improv, games, and risk-taking. All this can be found at the Piven Theater. Classes for the fall season have started for both children and adults online. But registration for the second part of the fall classes are open, and from November 4th to December 19th, are the fall classes go to piven slash classes to learn more about children and adult programs they are programs for everyone of all ages and remember creativity is intelligence and having fun lovely wasn't that great i should be a poet that was that was that was so good that was so good not as good though as your burger flipping from what you told me last week Right. Well
0: now I've I've added a, a new title to my to my lengthy career, which is know? I am n na- I I am now the official poster boy of Are Your Parents Proud of You. Are you really? Yeah, that's right. Why didn't you know we have a meeting about that? I I'm sorry, Matt. Uh you were not invited to this meeting. I'm the damn it was host. A meet- it, it's this was a meeting that was made by by the production team solely which consists of, well, just me, I guess. <laughs> all right, fine. But it, it, was, it was still, it was a, it was a very productive meeting fine. Uh, that I had with
1: myself. Well, fine. If, you, if you're so cool, tell us, tell the fine folks where they can follow us on. Oh, you can,
0: you can find us all over Facebook and Instagram at Parents Proud Podcast. You can also email us, please. At parentsproudpodcast at gmail.com. I swear to God, if we don't start getting some <laughs> glorious emails this season, I'm going to be, I I might have to leave the show. Oh, God, please don't. So y- y'all better email us. I'm I'm just saying. Feel free to. You don't have to, but feel free to. No, you have, no, I, I insist. Okay.
1: Hey, Griffin, let's talk about next week.
0: Yeah, who's who's our
1: guest next week, Matt? We have retired columbia college theater professor jeff ginsburg oh is this is this jeffy g i don't think anyone calls him that but sure well <laughs> i don't know how well someone
0: does him. now
1: well i don't know how he would feel about being called that but i uh, will find out next week we'll see you then i all right writer. that's that's the poster child griffin McCorgle.
0: Yep. Even guys. though, even though I've never been on a poster, <laughs> I'm still the poster. I'm still Good the poster boy.
1: Sure.
0: All right. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next week.